Welcome back to our 107th episode of the Launcher Farm Show. Right interview Andrea Waltz, who's the co-author of the amazing book, Go For No. In this episode, Andrea and I talk about why no is more important word than yes and how it can reshape your life. And Andrea shares how the right mindset is the foundation of growth and will help you remove the mental blocks stopping you from succeeding. And we talk about what you can do to track your success and how to create a baseline with a no goal that will help keep you motivated and stay on track. And Andrea shares a super easy way to get uncomfortable in a controlled way and how to use that uncomfortableness to grow yourself and hit your wildest goals. And we talk about how to create a no awareness in your life and business and how that can help you reframe your strategies. Plus, we talk about a ton of other ideas that you can use to grow your geographic farm. So be sure to check out this episode, like and subscribe, and enjoy the episode with Andrea. Welcome back to another episode of the Launcher Farm Show. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and today we've got a great guest. It's Andrea Waltz. She's the co-author of the book, Go For No, and I'm super excited to dive in and, and really sh- have you share what you're about and how this can benefit agents. But before we do that, Andrea, take a second, tell us a bit about yourself and why you're here. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Um, I'm super excited to talk to you today. And uh, so my background is uh, that I have spent the last 22 years teaching people how to reprogram the way they think about failure, rejection, and hearing the word no, which is a really weird job. (laughs) So uh, obviously, there's not too many people with this job, with this skill set. And I I started it in partnership with my husband and co-author, he and I wrote the book Go For No together. We launched our company about 24 years ago after meeting at a company called Lens Crafters, the eyeglass retailer. I was running one of their largest stores um, in the company uh, and I was moving up and I was getting involved in training. And what that meant was uh, customer service training, training sales managers, training uh, people on the sales floor how to sell. And I really loved that. And my husband, Richard, and I had a lot of the same philosophies and beliefs. And I used to challenge him. I, I, I He would come visit my store. He was at one of our training directors and he would come visit the store. And I, w- I would try to trick him by asking <laughs> difficult questions to try to see if I could slip him up. But he was so good. He was always, always knew his stuff, which so irritated me. <laughs> and then one day he asked me if I wanted to write a book with him right. called, yeah, called Unlocking the Secrets of Retail Magic. That was actually the first book that we wrote. And I said, sure, that sounds like it's crazy is do people like us do that? I mean, (laughs) and he's like, yeah, people do this all the time. And he's very cutting edge because actually this is like way before Amazon where you could publish your own book and all of that. And eventually we ended up uh, leaving the company and starting our own business, speaking, training, uh, mostly. Um, And we kind of broadened out of just focusing on the retail industry after we wrote Go For No. um, We realized that, uh, which is a book about uh, helping people understand that while yes is the destination, no is how you get there. That's the subtitle. And fundamentally, the whole premise of the book is that you need to be willing to hear no more often in order to hear yes. And so once we uh, wrote and published that book, we recognized that it wasn't just, it was a great book for retailers, but it also worked for people in home-based business and it worked for people in insurance and financial and in real estate. And anyone who has to put themselves out there potentially hear the word no, <laughs> feel like they're, you know, uh, they don't want to be pushy. 
don't want to get rejected or struggle with rejection that fundamentally it's anyone in sales. And so we retooled our business after a few years and to just talking about this topic. So when I say I specialize in yeah. the word, no, I am not kidding. I mean, <laughs> that is, that is it. That's awesome. And I, I, think it's an amazing what you're doing because like you said, there's not a lot of people who are doing that. And there are so many people out there who are not growing to the extent they want to because of that fear. And I want to dive into that before we get into this, but uh, I think it's important because I want to share my personal story with it too. Like I read your book a few years ago and I was going through a transition. I was coming out of selling real estate directly, moving into starting this program. And you're actually one of the books I was reading in that time frame. I, I read Rejection Proof and in your book, and I was trying to really reframe my views on sales and my views on the fear around that word no and around rejection. And I think it's so imperative for agents because generally on the show, we talk about strategies that agents can do with farming and what they can do in their business. But so many agents are held back, not by the strategies or what they could do or what they should do, but they're held back by themselves. And that's why I think this book is so important because agents really need to reframe how they see sales. And that's why you're doing what you're doing. So can you give a little kind of preface of, of what the book is, and then and we can dive into how that can help agents and how that can change your business. Absolutely. And I love what you just said too. I, I just have to say, you're right. I think so many of us, even in my industry of being a speak professional speaker and a author and publisher, that we always think it's the strategies. We always think we need one more like perfect sneaky yeah. tactic that's going to solve our problems. And, and so much of it, it does have to do with mindset. And so that really is the foundation of go for no is creating a mindset of understanding that if you want to hear yes more often, you've got to not just be willing to hear no, well, you do, but you, you really want to you want to hear no more often. It's it's a strategy that um, it's based on a principle of, of failure and success. And we've all been taught and trained that we want to be successful when we get the yes. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of the model that we all operate with. And in the book, we actually share this model where we're in the middle. We think failure is on one side, success is on the other, and we have to choose between one or the mm -hmm. other. The new model is actually where you are on one side, failure, rejection, hearing the word no is in the middle and the success that you're seeking, the yeses are on the other side of that. So it's about moving through that failure, that rejection in order to get to that yes. And the book is actually a fable about a copier salesman. We picked that because it was just kind of generic enough. We didn't want to pick a, I mean, it is obviously an industry, but we wanted to pick somebody generic enough that anybody, no matter what they did, could see themselves in this character. Yeah. His name's Eric. He goes to bed one night. He wakes up in this fabulous house. He He's wandering around the house the next morning, trying to figure out where he is and who this house belongs to. And he somehow has transported, is transported 10 years into the future. And the house is owned by a wildly successful future version of himself. And we have these, the two versions of himself actually get together and they meet and they have conversations because they're trying to figure out like, how did you... Uh, this 10 year in the future version uh, becomes so successful. And the secret ends up being that he was willing to fail, that he was yeah. willing to hear no more often. And so that's kind of the underlying premise. Um, I have to, I have to tell you too, uh, we didn't talk about this in the very beginning of our conversation. We're literally just launching a new book called When They Say No, which oh, is nice. a kind of, kind of a follow-up. We have been teaching Go For No for two decades 
Um, most speakers like us, trainers, you know, they come out with a book every couple of years. We waited 20 years. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're very, I guess we're lazy or maybe patient. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but um, because the, the philosophy is something that we very much believe in, but we also know that the tactics of, okay, so what do you do when they say no is important as well. Yeah. And that's a, a big part of sales and that so many people want to avoid. Like you said, it's it's not one or the other. It is something you have to go through. And the quicker you realize that and the quicker you can accept that, the easier it is to start working through that. I know from my own experience, when I got started, I had a mentor years ago and he really pushed me. And it was the first time I had really had had someone question my beliefs around sales and question my beliefs around growth and, and being uncomfortable. And he really pushed me to get out and get uncomfortable. And I was hesitant because I hate rejection. I'm a person who does not like rejection, like most people. And he said, you have to get out of that comfort zone and work through that. And one of that strategies was, was like what you, what you teach is that I have to be willing to accept that there's going to be failure. And I have to be willing to accept that there's going to be no. And one of the things I did in my own geographic farm when I started it was rather than focus on trying to get yes in my database, it was how many people could I speak with and just put an average number on it and say, I just need to speak with X amount of people. There's going to be X amount of no's. There's going to be X amount of yeses. And then I put a dollar value on and said, every time I speak to that person, to anyone, regardless of what the outcome was, they're worth X amount of dollars. And as soon as I did that too, that helped me reframe it. So can you give a general consensus on explaining what you guys teach and what the process is so agents can kind of understand how that might look in their business? Absolutely. Well, that's a great story. And that's that is actually taking go for no really to the next level. We, we try to just get people um, tiptoeing to the edge and say, like, like one of the questions I like to pose is, what would happen to your business if you simply got one no a day? Mm. Uh, on average, one no a day, 365 days, what would happen during that process? How many yeses might you get along the way that yeah. you hadn't just because, as you say, you step outside your comfort zone and you say, you know what, I am going to just go knock on this door. I am going to drop uh, some postcards out in, in my farm, in my neighborhood and, and just see um, if people have an interest, maybe in having coffee or whatever your strategies are, but they all, it always comes down to asking, right? Yeah. But the process really is first um, create a no awareness. How many no's are you collecting? Do you are you in avoidance mode? Do you strategize and where you're you're like, okay, well, I'm only going to talk to this number of people or this particular person because they expressed interest yeah. or whatever. Um, where you're prejudging and you're making assumptions about people, and what happens is your opportunity really comes crashing around you when you're always looking at things through a yes mindset. You're always yeah. filtering it through what, who can I get that yes from? Because of course we don't know until we have those conversations, you don't know what's going on. And then isn't it frustrating when you don't know what's going on. And then two weeks later you see a listing or you see something yeah. and you go like, wow, if I had just yeah. maybe gotten and took the chance and made the first move, this could be mine. And so Having that no awareness is key. Second piece to that after you, um, I, we call it kind of create a baseline, like see where you are. And also to your point, Ryan, is I know that a lot of people, it's easy for me to say, like, here's what you need to do. And then you're going to go out and hear all these no's. And it's so easy, easier said than done. It does require an amount of courage. It does require a, an amount of 
willingness to fall on your face and to have people um, maybe wrinkle their eyebrows at you and say, what are you talking about? No, I'm not interested. And, you know, don't call me anymore. Don't send yeah. me stuff. And, you know, you get those people and that's just part of the, of the process and you dust yourself off and you, you keep going. So I understand that there are those fears, um, but it is in the pushing through those that you learn to not take it so personally and you, you don't internalize it. So step two is to set a no goal. And this can be really fun and interesting. And this is to set a goal for the number of no's that you are going to hear on a given day, or yeah. it could be a week. Uh, the idea behind it is we all typically set yes goals. So it might be to get that one yes a month or that one yes a week. And then when we get that yes, of course, typically for most of us, it's like, okay, great, we're done. We don't have to <laughs> yeah. do, we don't have to do yeah. any more work. Uh, we don't have to do the hard stuff. And we all know what the hard stuff is, right? It's it's the stuff that makes us uncomfortable, that pushes us outside the comfort zone. So much easier to sit behind the laptop and post something on Facebook. Yeah. So uh, having people, having those conversations, getting decisions um, is, is what the hard stuff is. So set a goal for the number of no's you're going to hear as simple as I just want to hear one a day, one mm -hmm. a day to, it could be to an appointment, to a meeting, to having a conversation, whatever. And then when you achieve that no goal, here's what's really important is you celebrate. So instead of just focusing on the yes goal and saying, Oh, I got a yes, I made a sale, or I got a, I, I got three appointments this week to talk to three you know, prospective sellers or buyers or whomever, uh, that's great. But why don't you set a goal for the number of no's you're going to hear? And yeah. that just really turns it on its head. And it's so counterintuitive because you don't slow down when you get those yeses. It also kind of turns it into a little bit of a game. Yeah. Right. You kind of gamify it and, and, and it just becomes a, uh, one of my favorite stories is a friend of ours, Mike, he called me one afternoon and said, um, I, uh, Andrew, he goes, I have to tell you what just happened. He goes, I set a no goal to get 10 no's this week. I had nine. It was like Friday afternoon late. And he said, I've got nine no's and I've been calling on this one prospect who's been kind of putting me off and putting me off. And so I figured, well, I'll just call him. I'll get the no, and then yeah. I'll get my 10 for the week and I'll celebrate. And he said, and then I call the guy and I'm like, hey, how you doing? He goes, oh, Mike, I'm so glad you called and followed up with me because I've been I've been meaning to call you back. We're ready to sign up. Go ahead and send me the contract. And he's like, it's so crazy. I was going for no. I thought I'd get my 10. I'm really happy for the yes. Yeah. But, you know, that and that's what's kind of fun about it is you are able to detach more, which is really important yeah. and, and not be so like emotionally invested. So, and, and I think anybody who goes into sales, especially real estate, it's such a emotional buying and selling experience. There's so much emotion to it. And it's probably why most people gravitate towards it. Like they're, they're empathetic and they're high achievers. And they, I think in general want to be liked yep. and they want to be trusted. And yep. so you've got all that psychology going on as well. Uh, and that's why that detachment is so, is so important. Yeah. I, I want to add to that too, because I think it's important that agents realize that the significance is not in the yes, because so many agents will focus on, like you said, the yes. If the minute they don't get that, they send, then start to 
retract or start to pull back from what they're doing. And I gave an example when I was, I was doing productivity coaching in my office and there was a younger or newer agent. She came in and she said, she was going to go door knocking. And I said, okay, let's go out there, set a goal for the, for the week. How many doors are you going to do? And then the first day she got, she was doing a report and she was getting certain people on the report. And then a certain number of people on the report was her goal. And the one day she did, okay. The next day she did terrible for the numbers. Then the next day she did great. Then the next day she did terrible. Then the next day she did great. And she said after day two, she was like beating herself up going, I'm not sure if I should do this or not. And was questioning whether it's right for her. And I was saying that so many times we look at a slice or a sliver of what we're doing and then base all of our action based on that sliver. And when you start to average it out versus, so when you average in the nose in there, it works out and it works out well, but you can't be focused on that one day or that one afternoon or that one call or that because you get focused on the yes or the no, and then we miss out on those opportunities. And I think that's why it's so important to have that no goal, because if you know what the numbers are and you know what the averages are, the no will will take care of itself to get you to the yes. And I think that's why it's so important to to reframe how you how you think that way. Absolutely. And can you imagine being a coach of people in acting or dancing or singing performance and say like, Hey, just try to go out and get one audition. Yeah. Like one audition. We all know that people in the performing arts go on hundreds of auditions just to get a commercial or get a role. And so it's, it is a little bit of a numbers game. And one of my favorite quotes is, uh, uh, a lady said this in um, one of the go for no books that we wrote called go for no for network marketing in that industry. It's it, they get a ton of rejection. And she said, you know, go for no is a numbers game. We don't want people to be numbers and they don't have to be, but in general, no. yeah, there is some, some of that. So speaking of numbers, and I want to ask you, how do you find that baseline? Because I find that is difficult for, again, I'm speaking with real estate for some yeah. agents it's very difficult to figure out that number because they either base it on someone else's goal or a uh, uh, misconceived understanding of what they think they should do. And I also say that there's different strategies and tactics that are going to have different numbers like cold calling or door knocking or open houses or whatever you're doing will have different numbers. So how do you suggest agents really say, okay, here's, here's my baseline is and how much time should, or how much effort should they put in before they decide that's my number or that that's what would make sense? Yeah, that is a great question. And the thing I will tell you this, because I run into people in every business and industry and like we have a, uh, we have an online course. And one of the things that I've done for people in that course is I've done seven day challenges and 21 day challenges in small groups. And so we always have people who have all these different experiences. And so people's numbers are all over the place, but in general, what I find is that people's expectations are way up here and their activity is way down here. And there's a, there's this gap. And when they start, they realize how quickly it is actually not all that uh, easy, depending on the industry to get a no these days. Uh, uh, We have done some work with pharmaceutical companies as of late and Sometimes they'll get a lot of quick, easy no's and sometimes they, they just can't get, and they can't get an answer. They can't get a yes. They can't get a no, they can't get anything. And so you have to figure out, um, and manage your expectations first of all. And, and, and I think the thing that I see too, is that 
people think, okay, well, I'm going to set a no goal of a hundred or, you know, 300. And it becomes so overwhelming and so daunting mm. that they get into it a couple days and then they just say, oh, this is, I, I can't continue this pace. Cause it's, that is really difficult to do. So for some people you can kind of reverse engineer it and back into it and yep. say, all right, well, if I know that on average, I can get a yes to whatever the thing is, maybe it is just a meeting or an appointment, but it's going to take me 20 on average, 20 people to talk to, I'll set a no goal of 20 for the day. And, and right. perhaps that is achievable. But I think a lot of testing has to go on. And yeah. so I always say, start with something reverse engineered if you if you can, um, yeah. to where what you want in terms of your yeses. And as soon as you see that that's achievable, then up that number, right? Mm -hmm. Then and and if it's if you say, well, it is achievable. Plus I'm doing other things in my business and I am doing social media and I'm doing this strategy and that strategy, then that's fine. I would rather have somebody have a lower no goal and do it consistently right. than try to do what sometimes happens, which is they'll set a goal for a hundred no's in a month. And then it's the 29th and they're like, all right, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to yeah. try to get all these in the next two days. Yeah. And we all know that that doesn't work. Yeah. And I think it's, looking at your own, like you said, your own expectations, your own numbers. Cause sometimes we look, especially in real estate, we look at top producers or we look at people who we think are doing X, Y, and Z, and we don't even know what it's taken to get them there. So we think it's going to be easier than it is, or it's going to be harder than it is. And in reality, it's like you said, it's going to take time and testing to, to work through that and figure that out. The great thing is, and I've always said this with our industry is that real estate has been around for a long time and we've got processes and systems and strategies that have worked for a long time. And it's very easy to go back and break down and say, where am I bottlenecked? Where am I not getting the results? And then work backwards from that. Like you said, reverse engineer that. And we can see that there's some very simple places that we can adapt and adjust. So I think a lot of people look at the no as just one no. It's like, no, I'm not interested. And yet, like you said, there's kind of, is there a no up front? Is there a no for a meeting? Is there a no for I'm not interested in working with you? Is there a no for I don't want this offer? And it's figuring out what those no goals are for each one of those areas. And I think that will help you also really reframe and how to measure it. If, does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and you do... You do have all those different areas. I mean, one of the areas I feel like is such a missed opportunity for most small business owners and real estate in particular is uh, some people are really good at it. Some people are not so good at it is asking for referrals and making yeah. it very um, clear of how important referrals are. And, um, you know, when I bought, when Richard and I bought our house that we're in now, we're, we've only been in it about 14 months. And I am like, I thought I would never refer our real estate agent because there's no one that I know. I don't know a lot of people in central Florida, so I would never need to refer anyone. Mm -hmm. But then it turned out a, a few months after we bought this house that my dad was looking at property and decided that he wanted to move, which was so like out of left field, <laughs> but I, our agent, you know, he did a really good job. So obviously you have to fulfill your promises. Yep. Uh, and that's a big part of it, but he mentioned a couple of times how important referrals are. And I also, you know, um, we kind of developed a great rapport and there was trust there and everything. And so uh, he got that referral just for that reason. I think it's, we just sometimes forget. And sometimes 
this is across all industries. I'm not sure how much it is in real estate, but sometimes it's like you get that yes. And then you think, well, I got that. Yes. I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to ask for anything else. Mm -hmm. I don't want to come across as like, oh, this still wasn't enough. But, but when you develop that relationship and you've built that rapport, um, I think, it's it's okay to ask. People want to be asked. I, I we just had somebody come and um, work on the garage door, uh, repairing it. And at the end of it, I thought, okay, this person should go for no. They should ask for something. <laughs> yeah. They should ask for ask me to do a review on Google. Ask yeah. for referrals. Ask for something. Nothing like they just made that one sale and left. And I'm thinking, and they didn't even ask for my email address to stay in touch with me. I mean, these are small things. So you can set no goals in every area. And I think to your point, find the, find what, what will give you the biggest ROI for you. Yeah. And that's, that's the part where a lot of people skip over. They're looking for the easiest no, or the easiest yes, or they're looking for that easy process they can fix. And it's like, figure out what's holding you back most fix that and start with a no on that. That's what I would be my advice. So I want to ask you then about quality of no, because I know with, with sales, a lot of times we look at a yes and look at the quality of the yes. Cause there are people who say like someone said, yes, they'll book an appointment with me, but they really aren't qualified or they're not motivated, but they said yes, maybe to get us off their back. Do you find that there is a difference in quality of no's that people should be looking at or measuring when they're looking for a no goal? Absolutely. And to the extent that you can disqualify, mm-hmm. I, I kind of always approach it as disqualifying rather than you can look at it both ways, right? Yep. Um, and if you can get a really, uh, you want those yeses to be good, yep. and you and you want um, to uh, make sure that the nos you get are also good, right? It's 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 great to get a good no when you find out that um, somebody isn't qualified, and if if you're thinking that well. I'm just going to spend the time with them because you never know. And this might, this, this could be a future opportunity. Um, Yeah. If you're building your pipeline and you have the time, then fine. Have sit down, have coffee with the person, ask them some good questions and get to know them, but don't um, fool yourself into thinking that having a lot of meetings with people who aren't qualified and get, so getting a lot of yeses to, to unqualified prospects is going to get you where you want to be. You're just going to spend a lot of time having conversations that don't go anywhere, chasing potential leads that aren't going to go anywhere. So I would rather um, disqualify somebody quickly. If I was looking for um, sellers, I would rather, you know, know, do you have, do you have any plans to sell your home in the next six months? And if they're like, absolutely not, then I'd be like, great, thank you. Mark that down. And if somebody's waffling, like, well, I don't know, my husband's looking around and we're maybe, maybe moving and this is happening, or I've got, we've got this transition. I would say, all right, this, who knows, this is one that I, this is a person that I should sit down with because I don't want to see this, um, you know, in, in three weeks being listed because I just assumed that it was a no. Yeah. That's, that's very valid. And I think we, again, we focus on that. Yes. And not weeding out the people, but I also think it comes down to a risk level would be in my experience of like, people are afraid to ask and get that. No. So they're afraid, like you said, the, the door person didn't ask. And it's like, if they just asked, there was probably a perceived risk in their mind of what if they say no. And it's like the greater that risk, 
probably the the better the quality that the potential yes is going to be. Would you would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. It. I think the the risk is the part that we that holds us back. And I know from again, from, I can only speak from my own experience that the scarier it is, the higher chance that it could turn into something. It's easy to just go for an easy no. And then it's like, ah, I knew they were going to say no anyway. So then you're not really pushing yourself. But when you take that risk, that's when you get out of your comfort zone. That's when you find the opportunities that you probably weren't expecting. And that's, in my experience, has been where I've had the highest growth. And I'll share, just like reaching out to you. So I I had uh, Greg McDaniel on my show. He recommended your book. And then you connected and liked it when I shared the, the post. And I was like, ah, oh. I was like fitting that you liked it. I'm like, I'll reach out and ask. Cause I'm like, I've never met you before, but it's like, you liked the comment. And so I asked, I'm like, what's the worst that could happen? So I asked and I got a yes and it was awesome. So, so thank you for that. It was a good, absolutely right. Well, risk. you're, you're listen, you're a great go for no student. Like I said, in the beginning of the show, I mean, you really to, to value know the way that you do both like to actually put a monetary value, which is a great tactic, by the way, to really say every conversation I have, every appointment I have is worth X amount of dollars. Um, it is, is so brilliant. In fact, the first time we heard that it was from a um, lady named Lisa Jimenez, who wrote a book called Conquer Fear. And she talked about how in her home-based business, she taped a $50 bill to her phone. And she realized that her sales averaged about $500 per sale. So she realized that every no that she got was worth $50. So she would just pick up the phone and have those conversations. Every no was worth $50, including the yes. The yes was also worth $50. So it wasn't just no's were horrible. No's had no value. And then the yes was 500. It, everything that she did had value. And so that is a as I'm saying, it is kind of a next a next level strategy. Also, to your point about uh, about the risk, one of my favorite quotes um, from Jack Canfield, who wrote the Success Principles, and he's one of the authors from the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. Yep. He said uh, we interviewed him for a Go for No movie we did about a decade ago, and nice. he um, said that self confidence is the successfully survived risk. That that's mm-hmm. how you build self confidence, and so when you survive those risks when you go for it and you realize that you didn't die and the person (laughs) didn't, you know, stab you with a fork or something that, that it worked out. You go, Oh, okay. I survived this and you get a little bit more confident. And then you get a little bit more confident to the point where you that's, that's how it builds. That's how it grows. But when you're always fearful and you never try, then again, you're, you're always shrinking back to that, that narrowest of comfort zones. Yeah. That, that was a huge thing for me with my mentor. He drew like a circle and he had like kind of rings around it. And he said, he had like numbered one to 10. And he said, if your comfort level with certain things is in this ring. So if you're a four out of 10 on this thing, you'll never be more comfortable than a four. So the only way to get comfortable to things is to push your comfort rings out. And you do that by taking the risks and, and going for no and doing that. And he said, then what happens is you expand your ring and then anything under that you can handle anything on the other side of it. It's difficult for you to handle. It's either creates anxiety or stress, or you just dis- just general discomfort. And he's like, so the goal is then just how do I push my rings out further and further and further? And that's where this go for no strategy is so important because rather than focus on the, I'm only looking for that. Yes. It's you're looking for the uncomfortable, uncomfortable, comfortableness, and you're looking for that growth opportunity. And the further you can push that, the more comfortable you're going to be with it. And then the more yeses you're going to get by default. 
So true. And I think it's funny that people listening to this are probably thinking like, okay, great. So you guys are just saying like, be uncomfortable. And yes, (laughs) yes, you, you have to kind of get okay with, with the feeling and the feeling passes, you know, same with rejection. There's been studies done that rejection is literally like a pain signal. It is, it, it, it does feel painful. And if you've ever had a, uh, you know, been broken up with, um, you know, that it feels literally painful, right? That bad breakup feels painful and we are biologically wired to not get rejected. And so we're biologically wired to fear that rejection and to avoid those feelings. But when you kind of focus on the feeling, processing it, feeling the sting, feeling the pain, feeling the the anxiety in your brain, of course, freaking out, going like, oh my gosh, you're such an idiot. Why are you doing this? This is very dangerous. And then let those feelings move through you. Yeah. You learn that the feelings are transitory, that that you, you don't always feel that way. And so you start to get that. Um, it's the same like with speaking on stage. Oh my gosh, I I wouldn't, Richard was the speaker of the two of us forever. And I, I could barely put two words together. I didn't want to go on a stage. So I, I booked him, he did all the training. And then I eventually, when we were doing, when we started just focusing on go for no, I was so passionate about it that I started doing teleseminars back before cameras and everything. And I got really good and really comfortable with that. And then I finally started speaking on stage and I was terrified. I was terribly nervous. But then after a few minutes, the feeling of the nerves goes away and you get into a rhythm. And so it's the same thing with those risks like you're talking about. Yeah, And that's, it's so important to push through that. Just like going to the gym. I started going to the gym. It's been a year since I've been going to the gym. I started in January and that first week was the worst. Second week was a little bit less worse. Third week was better. And now I'm six weeks in. It's like, I, I got this. And it's that pushing through the part that you don't like to get to the other side of it. And I think it's very important to stick with that. And I think one of the things you mentioned earlier was gamifying it, because I think that's a way for someone like myself, others I'm sure out there like that, when you can gamify it, it becomes easier to, and again, in my experience, to stick with it and to mm-hmm. see opportunity. So what ways have you seen people gamify the the no strategy. Yeah. So one of the things that we did during the pandemic was we created a go for no 21 day challenge workbook and we created like these worksheets, but I mean, people have made all kinds of their own charts and sometimes it's just have a hundred boxes and they're going for a hundred no's in a month or something to, you know, pretty, pretty specific, like easy asks, you know, the yep. type of thing where you get a lot. Um, the workbook has a bunch of a, a bunch of boxes and, and things and you write in your no goal for the for the day. Um, then you write in what you got for the day. We always have we have one uh, and this is kind of fun actually. We have a space for a big fish. So every day you write in the name or it could be like an idea of somebody um, like if you're in pharmaceutical sales, going after a doctor at some some office or something, but it's a big fish. So it's that big scary no yeah. that you're that you've been talking yourself out of. And when you actually write it down, I think that's the way to gamify it. I I haven't come up with uh, I haven't spent the time and the effort to come up with like the killer app for this. <laughs> so I'm kind of old school in terms of writing everything down because I also think that 
proximity in terms of creating a habit. I get asked all the time, like, how do you create a go? How do you make go for no a habit? How is it top of mind? How do you not forget? And it is easy to forget. That's why gamifying does help is have that little chart of of thing or have that little, uh, if you're somebody who makes a to-do list, it's just write down your no goal every day and, and don't make it so overwhelming. Just get one or two or three no's for the day and celebrate those when you do it. That's the big thing with gamifying too, is that celebration is rewarding yourself for the behavior, not just rewarding yourself for the result. Yep. That's that. It's so true. And it's funny because we were doing this with my old business partner. I, before I read your book, we were doing these things and that's how we grew as quickly as we did because we would gamify the, regardless of what the outcome of how many yeses we got, our goal was how many people could we speak with regardless if we get yes or no. And it was then we liked the no's. That's how we then came up with a dollar amount per, per door. And then we go, okay, how can we increase that dollar per average door by getting more yeses? But we focused on, it's just as long as we speak with X amount of people, that was what we did. And then we would gamify it. We would track, and then we would challenge each other and we would push each other to keep getting more. And before you knew it, also we were getting success and people around us were like, how are you guys doing this? And I tell people like, well, you got to track it. You got to put the, write it down. You got to set your goals. You got to be accountable. And a lot of people don't want to do that. So how do you help people or what, what do you say to people who are going, I don't have the time or the energy or the work to, to really sit down and figure that out and track it. What advice would you give to people who are like thinking that way. Yeah. And you know, um, I totally get that because there's so many things that you could do and you can be involved in. So if you're at least creating the no awareness, the, the, if you walk away with anything, my advice always is just don't talk yourself out of whatever the ask is. And that's such a big, it's like kryptonite to go for no, right. It's, it's, we (laughs) all know, uh, if you've ever been somewhere like you get you get ushered into the busy restaurant and you see like the cute table up front with the with the rose and then they walk you back to the water station and and you're back in the back in the dark corner and you're you go like wow that table up front would be so great and you think it's probably reserved it's probably for the the high rollers who come in here or whatever well in that moment don't talk yourself out of it just make the ask and say like hey can we we'd love to sit at that table can you put us there it's the same thing in any business. Mm. So in the moment that you that you have the thought of, oh, I should, I should go knock on this door. Or I, you know what? I should just call this person I haven't talked to in three months and just see how they're doing, what's going on. Um, rather than just putting it off and saying, ah, they they're just gonna think I'm trying to sell them, or they're just gonna think I'm pushy, or whatever excuse we come up with, which are always really brilliant excuses. Uh, they, they always seem very practical and, yeah. and like, yes, I can get behind that excuse. Uh, you say, no, I'm, I'm going to just go for no. And you do it right then don't put it off. Don't yeah. like, you know, and so if you can, if you can act on that more, even if you're not a systems person and you're not doing the tracking and you're not writing stuff down, at least you, because when you start seeing results, this is kind of that you can't lead a horse to water thing. Uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Right. So this is the, okay, we're going to lead you to the water. We can't force you to drink, but if you will try this and then you start seeing, wow, I did knock on the door and this is what happened. I did call that person who I talked to in three months and this is what happened. Then you start wanting to do it more. Yeah, exactly. And that perfectly ties into the next question I want to ask you is let's say someone's led to the water. They decide to drink. They start going for no. 
at what point do you do you see people starting to readjust their goals or change their their next steps? Because I think that's important to look at instead of just saying like, hey, this is what I was doing at the beginning and it worked. And I, I find a lot of people just kind of get stuck in those initial numbers. How, how do you get people to kind of push themselves? And at what point do they start to like, hey, I'm going to reevaluate those goals that I was setting at the beginning? Well, okay. I'm going to give you the honest answer. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm going to give you the honest answer. Uh, most people don't get there. Okay. Okay. Um, I wish I had more stories of how people, uh, you know, just knock it out of the park and they set their no goals and they blow them out of the water. And then those are few and far between. Mm -hmm. And, and the reason for that, Ryan, is that, um, and we talked about this earlier is that, uh, I think what happens is it's what Seth Godin calls the dip. Yeah. So they start off, they go for no, they're getting some results. And like you're the young woman who was doing the door knocking, right? Um, and then they get some results, but then something happens. The expectations are are high and maybe they don't get exactly what they want quickly enough. Mm -hmm. And then they experience that dip and then they just kind of go back to, okay, we'll go for no, I get it. And it works for some people, <laughs> but I'm going to go over here and do this thing. And so, um, so I haven't experienced as much of the people blowing it out of the water as I would like. Um, yeah. Most of the time I find that people need constant reinforcement, mm. constant reminders, constant, how do I make this a habit uh, more than anything? Yeah, that's the same. It's parallel to geographic farming as a whole, where we see the majority of agents giving up at between three and six months and they just get started and they plant the seeds in their area and they're trying to get going. And then it doesn't go, like you said, the way they expect. They don't get the results they want or they get some results, but can't keep it up. And then they they quit before and the ones who are willing to stick it out, who are willing to do the right things consistently are the ones who have the tr massive success. And then people go, well, how come I can't do that? Or it doesn't work. And they come up with the self-excuses that they come up with. And it's like, if you just stuck with it, and it doesn't have to be these massive goals. Like you said, it's those small things just consistently is what's, what's going to get you the results. And I've done 100 plus interviews on the show. And I was asked the last piece of advice. And, and the number one most consistent thing with the people who are doing top producers is just show up and be consistent. And it's like not some magic pill. It's not some miraculous strategy that no one's ever heard of. It's show up and be consistent. And if you do those things, the results will be there. And it's the same with, with if you are consistent with the going for no, the results will be there. And I, I know that if agents are committed to that, they will see the results. It's just the commitment is the big part in sticking with it. Well, absolutely. And we talked before we even started the show about how I've noticed somebody who is doing farming in our neighborhood since we moved here just over a year ago. And yeah. um, she sends things out. And even though we have our agent that we like so much, if for some reason he wasn't available or out of the game or whatever, um, this is the person. I mean, yeah. she knows this neighborhood. And so she's a uh, already I see her as a tr completely trusted expert. She knows mm -hmm. what the homes are selling for. She knows um, all the, the features and benefits of the neighborhood and the community. And of course, everybody's always concerned with the school districts and all that kind of stuff. And so um, having that expertise, I think, is powerful. And everything takes longer than you think, right? Every, everything takes longer than we want it to. We, we think things will go faster. You know, again, people think like, 
it, we, we wrote Goferno in 2000. Here we are. It's it's 2023. I would keep thinking it's 2022. And a lot of speakers, we finally coming out with our second book, but a lot of speakers, you know, they write a book every year, every other year. And we focused on this one topic because, and now we're known for it. Like yeah. we persisted with this one thing. And when you, I think, narrow down and you have a niche, I think niching is incredibly powerful. Um, yes, I'm a fa in favor of it because I've done it in my <laughs> own career. But I think when you're a specialist at something, then your competition, there is almost, there is no competition. It's like, there are a thousand speakers who could get up and, and share great messages, but will any speaker beat me in talking about failure and rejection and hearing the word no? And the answer is no, they can't, they can't, yeah. they don't possibly have the depth. And so when you have, when you're doing your strategy, um, people are going to win when they're consistent and persistent with it. And then the competition almost has no chance. Yeah, 100%. I think it's Warren Buffett that's quote, it's uh, most people under overestimate what they can get done in a year and underestimate what they can get done in a decade. And we think in that first year, everything's going to happen and magic's going to all come together. And it's like, probably not. But if you do it consistently over the next decade, you can have an incredible business, but you have to be willing to stick with it because 99% of the people will fall off and they will not stick with it. And if you just have that tenacity to stick with it, you'll out surpass everyone, but it, it takes consistency. So I want to wrap up with last piece of advice and I'm going to shift it or gear it towards people who are just getting started with go for no, because let's, I'm assuming most of the people are, have not had this philosophy or not thought of this before. So it's not taking the next level. If someone's just getting started rethinking and rechanging their mindset around the no, going for no, what advice would you give to our agents who are listening? Yeah, I guess I'll kind of rehash a little bit of what I said earlier about, you know, if there's, um, it, it's, it comes down to having the courage to ask. Mm -hmm. And if there was any piece of advice that I, I leave people with, it's always when you have those things firing in your brain that tells you don't ask and don't do it. And you're talking yourself out of it, you know, that those assumptions and prejudgments are going to limit you. Those are, those are the biggest limitations. And when you just get into a mindset of, I have nothing to lose. I don't have this deal now. I don't have this relationship with this person now. So I have nothing to lose by asking and then reinforce your behavior when you ask, give yep. yourself a pat on the back, do some kind of reward so that you'll repeat that behavior because it really, I think, you know, um, Jack Canfield said it so perfectly. Well, I know, I don't know if he's the, the, uh, end all be all of the quote, but I know he has said, you know, every, everything that you want is on the other side of fear. Yeah. And asking is one of the scariest things that we do because we don't want to get rejected. So don't make the assumptions, just make the ask. Yeah, that's, it's so true. And that's great advice. And it just, if agents heed that advice and, and even just put a fraction of that into their business, they will absolutely see the results. So we always wrap up with a best book. So you're welcome to recommend a book that you have written or you like. Uh, we asked a book that you think would have an impact on our agent's life or have had an impact on your own. So one of my favorite books is a book called The Four Agreements. If yes. you take no personally, like it really stings you personally, it's a life-changing book. I, I certainly did. I, I, you know, Richard and I didn't write go for no because, oh, we're fearless and no doesn't bother us. And, you know, all of that. And he says it all the time. Like he hates rejection. Um, and, and so 
we're like students of our own material. Uh, and that book really was like game changing for me, life changing for me when I learned how to reframe and realize that no is never personal. It's always about the other person. Yeah. So that's my book. Awesome. I will put that in the show notes so our viewers can check that out. And how can our viewers check out what you're up to, find out more about your book and find out more about what you guys do? Well, we're well branded. Nobody has go nobody's going for no except us. So if <laughs> you type good. if you type at go for no, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that, you'll find us and the books are available on Amazon. Awesome. I I've read the book myself. Fantastic book. Highly recommend it. So thank you, Andrew, for being on and sharing your insight and your wisdom and experience. And I know again, if our agents just take a fraction of what you're doing and just implement it and start with that, they will see the results and will get the benefits. I'm personally going to send this to a few of my clients just to get this this interview because I think it'll benefit a lot of people. It's just getting over that courage or getting over that initial fear and taking that courage to get started with it, I think is super important. So thank you for sharing your years of experience and wisdom. And I know that uh, people are going to get a lot out of this episode. Thank you so much, Ryan. It was a great conversation. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for checking out today's episode. If you'd like more videos like this, be sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Facebook page and our other social media channels. Looking forward to bringing you more great content like this and happy farming. <laughs>